Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hummus Tailgate Party. I'm your host, Thomas Jackson. On today's episode, we will be recapping week seven and looking ahead to week eight of the football season. A bit quicker episode than normal. I took a little bit of a breather this week uh, to be able to take a break and get my mind right and reset for the last month and a half so of the season because November uh, is going to be a really busy month with a lot of fun stuff on the pod. Um, so yeah, we'll get going right away. Week seven, uh, obviously the big one was Tennessee beating Bama 52 to 49. Uh, Tennessee knocks off Alabama for the first time since 2006, ending the Tide's 15 game win streak, longest in series history there over the Vols. Uh, Tennessee came out and played a really good game. Uh, I'm especially in the first quarter, they came out at one point, got up. 28 to 0 early in the or 28 to 10 excuse me early in the second quarter it scored 21 first quarter points uh, it's the most Alabama's allowed since the 2019 LSU game so when that stat popped up on CBS it didn't uh, make me feel very encouraged um, but yeah the offense came out and lived up to the hype um, this was their first you know truly a you know big big test that they've had this year since other teams they've beaten like Pittsburgh and Florida have looked a little suspect at other points in the season. Um, I think Tennessee had a lot of pressure on them for this game, just their fan base being so desperate and hungry uh, to finally knock off the tide and Tennessee came out and, uh, you know, put on a show for the home crowd. Um, It was a ferocious atmosphere as we all knew it would be. Alabama, some of the problems that we discussed last week that could cost them the game ended up costing them the game with the penalties and the turnovers. They only had one turnover, um, that muffed punt, which was which <laughs> makes me mad. Uh, still, one of the most boneheaded plays I've ever seen in my life. Um, and even though they didn't have four turnovers like they did against A&M, that was a very costly one giving Tennessee the ball back immediately after the defense gets one of their first stops of the day. And then Tennessee promptly takes advantage of it and scores uh, to extend their first half lead, which, you know, wound up costing the tide. The defense did make a couple plays with the interception and the scoop and score. um, But, you know, it just comes down to the boneheaded decision of the, it wasn't even the punt returner, Uh, that coughed up that ball that when you look at the final score, you know, could have flipped the game. Also, uh, the 17 penalties that Alabama got, setting the all-time Alabama school record, which they tied uh, with 16 penalties in the Texas game earlier this year. I said, there's no way that, you know, we're going to be able to get close to breaking or breaking the school penalty record and have a boneheaded turnover to and be able to beat this offense in that environment. And it turned out that was correct. Even with Bryce Young coming out and playing like an absolute alien, completing 35 or 52 for 455 yards and two touchdowns when he was supposed to be hurt. Um, after honestly, after the first drive, he just looked so natural. Uh, made a couple really good passes early in the game, and um, I, I I honestly forgot that he was coming off of an injury when the game was really ramping up in the second half. Like I said last week, Hendon Hooker, uh, if you liked Tennessee's odds in uh, the game on the third Saturday of October, it would be a good time to get in on his Heisman futures. I haven't seen any actual odds from Vegas because I can't get those in Colorado for some reason. 
Uh, but on ESPN's Heisman little, you know, tracker, top five, 10, whatever they do every week, he's now number one. Um, so that'll be determined later in the season when the Vols travel to Georgia on November, what is that? November 5th, just two weeks from this Saturday, uh, is now the next most anticipated game of the year after the Alabama game. Um, so that will be a great game that we'll talk about a lot more in depth uh, when the time comes. Alabama, if I can go into my put on my Homer hat for a minute, um, you know, if there's a bright side to look at this for Bama fans, uh, Tennessee looks like one of the best teams in the country uh, to this point. Alabama came in with a quarterback who still probably wasn't 100%. Uh, they committed a school record for penalties. I'm not going to get into all of that. You know, here's the thing. Every, every team in every game gets bad calls. And even though when it's your team, you, you know, get blinders on and you focus on the ones that were late in the game and, you know, flip the ball to the other team or whatever, prevented it from doing so. Um, you know, we all know how annoying it is when the other team is bitching about the refs, when there's a thousand things they could have done better on the field, uh, to win the ball game. So if you've been upset about the refs, just calm down. It happened. You know, this has been a rough year with it for Alabama. They have to get it cleaned up or else they're going to suffer another loss in the regular season. Um, but you know, what I'm not going to do is sit on here and bitch about the refs because there's a lot of penalties with false starts and stuff like that, uh, that are completely self-inflicted. They're not really subjective calls like a PI or holding or whatever. <clears throat> anyway, uh, like I was saying, you go into one of the loudest stadiums in the country against one of the best offenses in the country, if not the best at this point, um, commit 17 penalties, a school record. You miss two field goals. You have one atrocious turnover that led to a touchdown and you still only lose by three <laughs> if Tennessee had done all of that wrong and Alabama hadn't then Alabama wins this game by multiple scores but it's just part of the game so if there's a you know silver lining to look at this through that's one thing Alabama played about as everybody besides Bryce played about as ugly as a game we had drops it was disgusting <laughs> Uh, and, and they still, you know, have a field goal, uh, with a few seconds left on the clock to win the ball game. So if Alabama plays that horrendously, if they can just keep it to like 12 penalties and one missed field goal next time, they'll probably win this game by 10 plus. So there's that. Also, we've seen Bama drop regular season games before a lot of the time it's, you know, right around here in the middle of the season in October. Um, and they still, they, they, to this, you know, to this point, they've always snapped out of the funk and figured it out. So there's a lot of ball left to play, uh, some challenging teams left to play, including this Saturday against Mississippi State. They have a very good offense. The secondary is going to have to figure their shit out because letting up 207 yards and five touchdowns on six catches to Hyatt is we're going to get torched by State and Ole Miss, and you just that's just not fair to Bryce in the offense to have to keep up like that in every single game. Um, I mean, what 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 an amazing day by Hyatt, good lord! But 
They're the secondary. It's a veteran group. There's no excuse. That's Saban's baby. There's no excuse for what happened on Saturday. They have to figure it out and figure it out quick or else Mississippi State is going to have a field day just like Hyatt and uh, Hooker did. So we'll see. We'll see, but we'll see very soon here in about you know a little over 24 hours. Um, also, now I guess we'll, we'll, we'll get into some of the other games quickly, uh, but another silver lining for Bama fans, they still control their own destiny in the SEC West. Since ten, Even though they suffered an SEC loss, since Tennessee's in the East, Alabama can still beat all of its uh, Western divisional opponents head-to-head and make it to Atlanta, where it looks like a certainty that it'll be the winner of the Tennessee-Georgia game unless we get some crazy upsets uh, that no one's expecting right now. So that will be the game of the year to watch in Athens on November 5th, like I said. Um, But Alabama might see Tennessee again, or we might see Georgia in Atlanta if if, if, if Alabama can clean up the penalties and figure the damn secondary out because there's still some great offenses left to play and you never know about LSU. So other undefeated teams that lost today, uh, more so silver lining material for Bama. Penn State got trounced by Michigan 41 to 17. The Nittany Lions suffered their first loss of the season. Uh, Michigan had a huge day on the ground. We talked about how Penn State's rush defense against Michigan's rushing attack would be an interesting matchup. Edwards for Michigan went for 173 and two touchdowns, uh, averaging over 10 yards a carry on that. So a really impressive day from the Wolverines defending the big house. So Penn State now has a conference loss and still has to play Ohio State, so it'll probably be two. So we can probably forget about the Nittany Lions um, in the playoff contention if we assume that they're going to lose Ohio State and not even win their division. Next, we have Utah defeating previously undefeated USC 43-42. to This is a pretty bizarre game. Unfortunately for us, Utah did not cover the first half or the full game, but they had the most points at the end, which is what matters. Uh, Cam Rising absolutely played his ass off, went for 415 and two touchdowns. Uh, this is the Utah we thought that that we were going to get all season long, right? Or at least I did. Uh, I don't know how many believers there were before this Saturday. USC, the first, you know, truly playoff caliber team that they had to play. Salt Lake City's always a tough place to go on the road, and you the Utes got the best of them. So USC's still a lot left to play for. They play. UCLA and Notre Dame the last couple weeks of the season, so they're not out of it by any means. They can still win the Pac-12 and have an interesting playoff argument for themselves if they're the one loss Pac-12 champion, but with a Pac-12 team not appearing in the playoff ever since 2016 when Washington lost to Alabama. Um, The odds aren't great for a one-loss Pac-12 champion trying to sneak in over uh, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12 teams with a similar similar win-loss record. Lastly, uh, the last big dog to go down, TCU defeated previously undefeated Oklahoma State 43-40 in two overtimes. Um, really, really high-scoring, exciting game like we thought it would be. 
I didn't get to see any of it because I was watching Bama Tennessee and it was the same exact time. Uh, but now the Horned Frogs are sitting atop the Big 12 at 6-0, and Oklahoma State at 5-1. and uh, So TCU controls their own destiny. I don't think anybody in the world had them at 6-0, and but that offense is a force to be reckoned with. Oklahoma State can still make it to the Big 12 title game as they don't do divisions or anything. Um, it's just the two best teams, which is how the Pac-12 does it as well this year. So Oklahoma State down but not out. TCU really does control their own destiny all the way to the college football playoff. All right, cutting week seven nice and short, moving on to week eight. Uh, some really interesting matchups here. Uh, college game day is going to Eugene for number 10 Oregon, uh, hosting number nine undefeated UCLA. We kind of expected Oregon to possibly be in this position at this point in the season. Their only loss coming week one to Georgia, and since that, they've looked really good. Bo Nix has been playing really well, um, and UCLA is one of the more surprising teams, at least to me, uh, for the year with their offense finally clicking under Chip Kelly and DTR. Uh, So that has big playoff implications. You know, if Oregon were to run the table and be a one-loss Pac-12 champion, then they would have an interesting argument saying, okay, well, our only loss, even though it was a very ugly one, was to Georgia all the way back on Labor Day weekend. Um, so that's that's interesting. If UCLA wins this, then they are really setting their eyes on the playoffs. Um, but this will be a great one. This is a weird week uh, with the games because like, there's so many good games at 1.30 and – not so many before or after, but we'll we'll find all the good ones we can here. But that's a or sorry, two thirty central uh, is the kickoff for UCLA Oregon. Uh, next we have an undefeated ACC battle with Clemson hosting six and zero Syracuse. Uh, that's number fourteen Syracuse going to number five Clemson. No one in the universe thought Syracuse would be at this point six and zero as their coach was on the hot seat going into the year, and they had just never really figured it out there. But their offense is playing really well. They totally handled NC State last week uh, to my expense, but now they go and get their biggest test yet. Clemson is a two touchdown favorite here. So it's not expected that Syracuse is going to be able to hang with this type of a team, maybe just kind of the, you know, B C tier teams like NC state has proven to be this year. Um, but yeah, Clemson and Syracuse, if Syracuse were to win, then they really, really, really shake up not only the uh, ACC, but the whole national playoff picture against Clemson. That is a 11 a.m. Central game bright and early in South Carolina. Awesome matchup in the Big 12. Number 20, Texas, goes to number 11, Oklahoma State. I didn't mention it, but Iowa State gave Texas all they wanted last week. Texas escaped in Austin with a three-point victory. Uh, That was a very trappy spot that it feels like a lot of previous Texas teams would have lost, uh, being sandwiched in between Oklahoma with the big, you know, blowout win and who knows how long the party and ce- partying and celebrating went on after that game, and then with a really huge trip to Stillwater to play five and one Oklahoma State uh, this week. So 
even though Iowa State's not very good, credit to Sark keeping his team on the rails and not uh, blowing up their season after one of their, or easily the biggest win of his tenure uh, against the Sooners. So this will be a great game, a couple really exciting quarterbacks, some great playmakers, and uh, I, I think this will be a fascinating game to see how it shakes out. It's also in the 2.30 afternoon time slot. Alabama plays Mississippi State. That is at 6 o'clock Central. Uh, I saw a stat. The last, this will be the third time in a row that Alabama, after a regular season loss, has had Mississippi State the next week because normally we play them after LSU. Um, but with after COVID, the schedule got moved around a little bit and we played them a little bit earlier in the season uh, than we used to. But in 2019, uh, we played Mississippi State the next week. That was the day when Tua got hurt, unfortunately, but Alabama was able to roll easily. Last year, after Alabama lost to Texas A&M, we played Mississippi State and rolled quite easily. This year, we get State again, and Alabama is a 21-point favorite, so expected to get things back in check and figure things out. This State team is definitely better than the last few that we've seen. It's probably the best one since they had Dak, honestly. Um, So... You know, they, they, they went up to Kentucky last week and lost. Kentucky did get Will Levis back. I know that was kind of in question up until game day. Uh, I really thought State still should have won that game um, going against Levis and the Cats, but they didn't, which makes me feel a little bit better about Alabama's chances here, especially with the game being in Tuscaloosa. Um, we did not do well on our best bet the last couple weeks, but we are going with a system automatic play. Alabama first half spread after a loss. So that is Alabama minus 12 and a half against Mississippi State in the first half. It's always a good spot to get on the tide. They're going to come out hungry and ferocious, and I will just be on my knees praying that the secondary can figure some things out in the next, oh, about 30 hours before kickoff. Um, if not, that, that spread probably doesn't have a chance, but it has worked for me in the past time after time. So we're going to go with old trusty there, Bama first half, for the best bet of the week. Um, Ole Miss travels to LSU. The Rebels are 7-0. This is a really weird one. LSU, they came out and stomped Florida last week. Just moved the ball all up and down the field all night. Uh, This was a 2-30 CBS game. Uh, LSU's a two-point favorite in this, despite having two losses on the season. You know, ever since the the week one fiasco against Arizona State when LSU was clowned by the entire country. Uh, they've just quietly been winning a bunch of ball games, uh, going from 0-1 to now 5-2, and their only other loss with the drubbing against Tennessee, which after last week, you know, <laughs> you can never really excuse losing by 30 at home, but it's more understandable and forgivable, I guess. Uh, now that we've seen what Tennessee is really capable of. So this is a fascinating matchup. Um, Ole Miss's offense has been really good. Their defense, not so much. I expect this to be a high-scoring game. So does Vegas. The over-under is 68. Still probably like the over in that, honestly, given that Ole Miss let up, what was it, 34 points to Auburn, who has one of the worst offenses in Power 5. So I don't know how that happened. But... 
Ole Miss goes in as a dog. Tough place to play. I'm sure LSU's all got their panties in a wad, like I was saying a couple weeks ago about not having a home game, um, but or a night game, pardon me. Um, but I think the Rebels are going to get their toughest test of the year here with LSU. I expect this to be a close game that goes down to the wire. I don't really even know who I like to win this game because both teams have big flaws on defense, and I just don't know. Um, but I th- kind of lean in LSU, kind of lean in LSU at home, um, but I-, I-, I could see it coming down to just whoever has – the ball last, are they going to be able to take advantage? Last game I will touch on is Kansas State, number 17, Wildcats, at number 8, TCU. The Big 12 is so awesome this year. There's just no break for some of these teams. Uh, Oklahoma State, TCU coming off of their big game with another big ranked matchup. So Kansas State has been kind of one of the darling uh, sleeper picks for a lot of people who pay attention in the offseason. Their offense has been stellar. Adrian Martinez, a QB who came over from Nebraska, has been stellar. He looks like a completely different football player uh, being in Manhattan instead of Lincoln. This should be a really fun high-scoring game. Over-under only 55, which is a little lower than I was expecting, so maybe look at that over. Um, But two fun offenses. Uh, This is a sneaky spot. For TCU, if they're not careful, I I would not be surprised if Kansas State won this game. TCU is a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, but coming off of the big, exhausting double-overtime win, kind of like the spot for the the Wildcats in this one. This is a 7 p.m. game on FS1. That's going to do it for the quick little episode this week. We'll be back in more normal fashion next week as we get ready for the Halloween weekend games and get on into November. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.